Hello and welcome to Sabbath School Quarterly Commentary. This is your Pure Gold Commentary Podcast. And as the name suggests, this is a commentary. It's not a study guide. So grab your study guide if you're not driving or running while listening to us. My name is Morgan Vincent, and in this week's episode, we have Declan Van, a good friend of mine, here to discuss the theme of death in a sinful world. Declan, welcome. Thanks so much, Morgan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, look, this is going to be a good discussion because, you know, last last time, you know, we began of, of how, you know, this rebellion began in, in this perfect universe, and, and we're looking at today how, how death came into this world, and death is something which, well, we're all, you know, familiar with, we, we've all experienced, uh, you know, perhaps a loved one or, or a friend, um, and yeah, we can see death all around us, even whether it's the, you know, the withering of a leaf or, or the dying of a plant or, or something like that, it's all around us, and I guess to begin with and, and kind of center our our thoughts and, and, and the discussion for where we're going today, Romans 5.12, I think, sums it up the best. And, and Paul here says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. And so... I guess we're going to go right back to the beginning in in Genesis 2 and and 3, and we'll spend a bit of time there, Declan, um, of how, well, death came into this world. Uh, And so, yeah, initially, when when we think of death, when we think of, you know, how this world came to to begin experiencing death, it's quite fascinating to think that Genesis chapter 1 is this, this world that God made, which was very good, and then within just you know, a, a short few verses and, you know, a few minutes later of reading, we're then introduced to this fallen world. And a lot happens between Genesis 2 and the beginning of, of chapter 3. And that's really what we want to look at. And so um, the initial command that that God gave to 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 man was in Genesis 2 and, and verse 15 and 16 and 17. And God put you know, the man in the garden to tend and to keep it. And then it says in verse 16, the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. But, verse 17, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, I want to throw, throw it out there to you, Declan, to get your thoughts on this, because when we consider this, why on earth was there even the possibility? I mean... The possibility of death, right? Yeah, like there's this perfect world that God has made. And then it's almost like he puts this little caveat thought, this little kind of, oh, but also you can eat from every tree except one. Like why is that one tree even in existence? Yeah. Well, of course, I think um, as we're all thinking here probably, um, this whole idea of free will comes... Uh, immediately and um for for there to be free will in um in this perfect world at all there had to be a chance to or or an option you might say to um to yeah to fall or to to do something wrong or uh, some boundaries to be set that could be crossed if you wanted to um because ultimately god wanted adam and eve to have the power to do that mm. um and and love him freely and trust him freely Mm. Yeah, I, I like the idea of, of, of boundaries there. Um, you know, we, we're not told how many trees were there in, in the Garden of Eden, but, you know, we could, I, I think, pretty safely assume that 
that there would have been lots. Mm. Um, but yet God says, of all these trees of the garden, you may eat except one. And so I think from the outset, something we really learn of God and his character and and the way that he operates is that he is a God um, who wants to give us freedom. He's a God who wants to give us, um, yeah, the ability to choose. And, um, you know, with that, you know, there has to be the, the, it's it's like you know in 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 any in any friendship or relationship the only reason why any meaningful friendship or relationship means so much is because those two uh, two people have chosen to of their own free will choose to be friends with that other person connect with each other yeah yeah and so here the same thing is 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 happening is that. You know, the only real, real reason why it would be incredible that Adam and Eve would respond to God and love Him is because they've chosen voluntarily. Because the option there, is, uh, the option is there to to mm. not do that. If the tree wasn't there in the first place, then um, they might just be doing it for just for the sake of it, because they don't have the choice to do anything mm. else. So now, what we also have to keep in mind, and we touched on this uh, in 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 the first uh, lesson, um, is how this rebellion happened, you know, so there's this backstory that's going on as well. Uh, there, there's also the fall of, of, of Lucifer. And, and we're going to come to this now in, in, in chapter three, because then in Genesis chapter three, and, and, and we'll just kind of read from verses one through and, and just bring comment to this is that, you know, that now we're introduced to this serpent and revelation 12 from last week indicates that this serpent is none other than Satan. And so now this serpent, who was more cunning than, than any of the beasts or any of the animals, is there and comes to the woman and kind of puts this question and says, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now, initially when I think of this, a um, lot of questions come to mind. One that comes to mind is, What on earth is Eve doing? close and proximate to this tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, you know, why she wandered off, you know, inquisitively inquiring about this. Any questions that come to, to your mind? Well, um, yeah, I, I, I question the same thing because obviously, uh, and uh, the question that comes to my mind is how long were they there really mm. um, before they became inquisitive or they, they decided to go searching for something else? Um, and was the serpent there for like uh, uh, putting those thoughts of mo- into their minds in the mm. first place? Um, yeah, so these are all great questions that we we'll one day get to to ask. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Um, I think um, yeah, I think that Eve must have had um, yeah a desire to want something more or um, just a yeah. I think. Well, in the first place, God has put on all human human minds the the desire to to seek um, truth and to seek uh, something real, like a real connection. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think God has put that onto Eve's heart at the start um, to, in order to give her these options of free. And it all comes back to this idea of free will. Mm. Um, yeah, because if if because obviously God made Adam and Eve um, in the first place, and so. He, he would have made every um, inch of their being in terms of like um, what he'd written on their hearts and their minds as well. 
Mm. And I think, yeah, he, he must have inserted some sort of inquisitive thoughts there as well. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's <clears throat> because essentially this question that, that the serpent is, has put to Eve, uh, to the woman, um, is to doubt God's word. You know, has God really said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? So, you know, th- this is interesting. Like the first thing is that, you know, um, Eve, Eve is kind of, she, she's put herself on, 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 you know, vulnerable territory. Um, but now she's hearing a question that's doubting God's word. And as you said, there's this kind of inquiry, this inquisitive nature, which, um, is, is, is coming to the fore here. And then the woman engages and says, well, no, we can eat from the fruit of the trees of the garden, but just not from this one tree, which is in the midst of the garden. And, and the fascinating thing is that, and, and Ellen White brings this out, um, speaking of Satan, the serpent, that he himself has had eaten the forbidden fruit. Mm, yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was actually quite interesting. Now, this is interesting because he'd eaten the forbidden fruit and it appeared as though nothing had happened. Mm. Now, then, if you're Eve and there's this, there's this forbidden fruit that's there in front of you and there's this serpent who has eaten the forbidden fruit but is still alive, alive talking, moving, you'd think, well, maybe we won't really die. Surely. Surely we're not going to, right? Yeah. It's... This delves deep into human nature. Um, it would sound convincing. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think, yeah, there's a, there's a big part here to play with um, a lot of the things, and this goes for all, all humanity, is um, the things that we see are not actually what we see. Um, obviously, now in hindsight, it's easier to reflect <laughs> on this, but um, obviously the death was meaning that um, it will come, mm. um, maybe not instantly, but... We all know that, yeah, inevitably they do end up dying and so will Satan as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think, it, yeah. No, you, and, and, and that's, a, that's a good point because, you know, it wasn't this, this, this instant cessation of life, um, but rather as it was with Satan, you know, when, 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 when we read the passages last week in, in Ezekiel and Isaiah of, you know, how iniquity was found in him, um, it's as though at that point he himself had chosen to be his own master and, and had you know, said, well, I'm, I want to be independent from God. I want to do things my own way. And, and this is very much what we, we're, we're seeing unfold in Genesis chapter 3. The dialogue that, that Eve has with the serpent is this, this it's, it's kind of like this, she's removing herself from God, choosing her own independence, which in essence is, is as, and, it, and it takes place in, in, in eating the fruit. And then, you know, if we, if we have an appliance or, you know, a phone that, you know, we, we, we plug into a charger, you know, as soon as you take that phone off of the charger or the laptop out of the, the charging device, like the charging port, the, the battery life starts to drain. And if it keeps going that way, eventually it's going to die. And, and, and so... Yeah, there's a lot that's going on here, and I think that um, one of the key things to to 
to bring out is that um, Satan's, one of his main ways of operating is deception. And that can often look like 99% truth. 90% truth, right? With, so it, it can look like majority truth, but a little bit of error. Usually he likes to sugarcoat things. Yeah. Yeah, uh, often putting the the premise onto Eve, um, saying, oh, yeah, well, what, do you know why he's made this, that you can't eat of it, and mm. things like that. And so it's just immediately with those questions, it's it's drawing Eve away from, from God and, and this perfect idea of trust and... Um, because, yeah, I don't know how much um, detail God actually went into um, the tree of, of good and evil. Um, like, we're not told a whole lot about it in, in Genesis. But, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to, to see how much knowledge they already had of the of the tree because mm. they're just sitting there with this whole big why question. Mm. Why is it like that? Why is this here? And that's a good point. And, and <clears throat> this very much comes out towards the end of, of Chapter 3, but... Um, sometimes we can think as humans, you know, if only we knew everything, then we'd be in a better position. But if, if of all known, uh, realities or if of all known information and experiences, we were aware of them, I don't think we would be better off. Yeah. The whole, uh, saying ignorance is bliss. In, in, in some ways, ignorance is bliss. Oh, it definitely because is, yeah. If you look here at this situation, right, up until this point um, of, of, of the temptation and the, and the fall of humanity, they had only ever known good. And, you know, this, this not, and, and, and that's why God says, you know, look, you know, of every tree of the garden you may eat except this one, you know, don't, don't go near it, don't touch it, don't eat it, don't have anything to do with it. Um, because another thing too is that, it's it it it's quite consistent to also think that that Satan was you know um, bound and restricted, if you will. You know he couldn't just roam around here, there, and everywhere around the Garden of Eden. Like the, he was kind of you know restricted there to that tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now then, with that, if if we think upon our own experiences, you know, you, yours, Declan, mine, and and to our listeners as well. You know, the let's just say that the dark or the, the 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 parts of our life that we wouldn't really want anyone else to know about, we would be better off having not known them and experienced them. Hundred percent. And the same thing is true: is that you know, through one man, sin entered the world, and through that sin, through that fall, death came. And so now, death is here in this world, in in the space of of just a few moments. Uh, a few conversations, they're deceived. Um, and so it, 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 it begs the, the thought that, um, you know, sometimes we're, we're so eager to know and to learn and, and, and I guess we have to think, well, when it comes to knowledge and, and the experiences of, of, you know, that we can have in life, we're really better off sticking to God's will, God's word. Um, but the way that Satan deceives is interesting. And I just want to pick out a few things here is that firstly, he's generalizing what God has said. Um, then he starts to contradict. And and before too long, he's kind of got Eve spun around, twisted inside and out. She's not really sure what's going on. 
Um, hey, Declan, maybe if you can read um, Go go verses 6, 6 and 7, Genesis 3 verses 6 and 7, and, and we'll just continue this dialogue. Yep. Okay. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. It's interesting here because um, it's like, hang on a minute. Maybe God actually has been withholding knowledge and wisdom and and things from me, and these are the exact lies that 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 Satan himself, you know, came within himself to 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 see and believe and and start spreading, you know, to to the angels in heaven and and now to to the woman, is that God is withholding some you something from you, then now I'm going to kind of tease you with it. Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's actually kind of cool because, uh, well, I wouldn't say cool, but um, so obviously Satan has eaten of the fruit. Mm-hmm. And so his eyes have um, been opened to this this whole light and darkness of, of the both sides of things, whereas Adam and Eve are still in the light. Mm-hmm. And so, and he does this with humans today as well, um, this whole idea of um, obsessing over the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's very true in my life as well. Um, he would deceive uh, me in ways of, of of tempting me with knowledge that I didn't know before, and um, and yeah, just f- finding out like, oh well, this is the unknown. So if you were to become more wise, or if you were to become learning of it, then you would be better off. Mm. Um, and well, it's coming back to that whole idea of ignorance is bliss. But um, I think yeah, he he really incepted this idea into Eve's mind, saying that. Um, you don't really know a lot. You don't know the whole story here. Mm. Um, how about you take some um, accountability f- for like yourself or um, some independence and, and just try it. Mm. And it's almost as though, yeah, and, and this thought just came to me now that, that God had put boundaries in place. The serpent now has said, there's no boundaries. Like there's no limit to what you can know. You just got to experience this, eat of this fruit. And there's no limit to what you can know and experience. And so, you know, to Eve, you, to, to the woman, you're thinking, yeah, like God set boundaries, like, you know, of all the tr- of, of these trees we can eat. And so it's just, and, and, and that's the thing, like, it's the importance of why we need God's word as our foundation. Because, you know, the moment that, that, that the woman starts to doubt and, and we as humans start to doubt, um, we start using, I guess, three things, and this comes out in the in the lesson um, for for this week. Is that um, there was the firstly the dietary perspective mm. that this tree would be good for food. Secondly, from the aesthetic perspective that it's desire that it would be delightful to the eyes, and thirdly, from the logical perspective that it would be desirable to make one wise. And now she's kind of rationalizing what she's just done. And, and it may seem as though, you know, I'm putting the emphasis on the woman, but in, in many respects, Adam does similarly, we do similarly. Human nature does this very similar thing is we rationalize and want to justify um, our own sinful 
choices. Now, any any thought on that, Declan? Yeah, well, um, yeah, and I think it it also connects to this day and age as well, where a lot of people argue that um, all forms of knowledge are are, are good, or like mm-hmm. both sides of the story is always good to hear. Um, and this is true for a lot of situations, but um, when you when you start to get into this um, spiritual realm, or when God has set certain boundaries, there's quite clearly a reason for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, this is good. This leads them, um, you know, to really be now running from from God and, and trying to hide from from God. Um, before we go there, this live, you will not die. Um, you know, the serpent just, just comes straight out and says, you know, you're not going to die. In that moment, humanity has now said, and through this experience, you know, humanity now has come under another master operating by a different set of values and principles and so now this makes sense with what Paul says in Romans 5.12. Therefore, just as one man sin entered the world and death through sin. So, th- so through what happened in Genesis 3, sin entered the world and death through sin and thus death spread to all men because all have sinned. And, and I guess sometimes, you know, people can, can look at this and think, well, it's not fair that their mistake led to us being in this situation um, or, oh, if I was in that situation, I, I, I wouldn't have done it. What, what do you, what do you, yeah. what well, do you think? The first, the first thing that comes to mind is um, that we've all already been in our own ways put into that situation for ourselves. I think um, even as children, we like have these choices to make. Mm. Um, do we, for example, honor our mother and father um, when they when they tell us to do something, or do we not? And that is, well, I assume, our first signs of sin. Mostly, is when we are instructed to do something by parents, and um, and we choose not to do it because we think that we have something better in mind for ourselves. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, it's it's, it's probably quite a strong correlation um, as God being our father, our heavenly father as well, um, given us certain instruction. Um, so in a way that in a way we've kind of already lived the same um, kind of circumstance with uh, Adam and Eve in the garden because mm. um, we've all failed as well. So yeah. people that say that um, you could go back and do it differently. I think yeah, you're you're telling lies to yourself because you've already made that choice in your mm. own life. Yeah, yeah, and 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 really too, you know, we have to remember that there are consequences to sin. Uh, and, and there was a very real consequence to what Adam and Eve did. It meant, you know, the, the you know, f- there, there are certain laws that govern, you know, the universe. And the law that was put in place here, or rather is revealed, was that if you eat from this tree, you will die. Now... That essentially was as good as done. From 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 that day forward, you know, death entered the you know sin entered the world and, and death through that sin. And so, because of that, you know, some other conse- consequences that you know came from uh, that fall of humanity was um, 
you know, and it's described here as theophobia or this, this fear of God, you know, it's like, why else do we see, you know, two humans that, you know, days, moments, weeks, months before we're walking with God now running from God, but not just running from God, they're both at each other. These feelings of, of, um, fear and shame, uh, would never have been um it would never have entered the world before that they made this choice mm. um so it would have been a very new feeling to them mm. um yeah and then an, an almost argument with each other um or anger as well yeah um so these are all new feelings that this wouldn't have been there mm. without this choice being made so not only did sin bring in death but it also created um room for all these negative emotions as well. Mm, yeah. And and in one sense, death is the, 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 the breakdown of relationships, right? Um, and so <clears throat> another point that, that comes through is that, uh, well, another consequence uh, is that, um, you know, there was not just the breakdown of, of, of the relationship between, you know, humanity and God, but also humanity with humanity, but but the other point to bring out is that the Garden of Eden itself would no longer be this place of of being very good. Uh, I mean, you know, we we only have to wake up each morning and see uh, grass that's withered or is dying, leaves that have fallen. Yeah, through winter we've just been through winter. Right. Uh, or you see, you know, an animal that's, you know, been by killed car. by a car, <laughs> you know, four or 5 a.m. in the morning, right? So it, it's almost as though we've we've become so desensitized to it today, but for them, they'd be like, yeah. what's, what's this leaf fault? Like, what's this leaf fault? And Ellen White actually talks about that. She says um, that Adam actually wept. Mm-hmm. Um, just as any man today would weep over the death of a loved one. When, mm. when Adam saw that first leaf fall, he was just like, it, it, it all came into reality, the, the consequences of his choices. Mm. Um, yeah, and I'm sure we'll get to this more. Um, but then when God clothed them in, in the turning, um, yeah, that was obviously made of, of the lamb that was first sacrificed, but I'm, I'm sure we'll get into that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then that, that just has this whole, um, the first real death entered the world, um, completely, uh, or made, made Adam and Eve completely distraught. Mm. And, and that's another, that in and of itself is an incredible point. And, and let's go there. You know, you brought up, you know, the, the verse and of how God, you know, clothed them with, with these tunics, um. God himself now identifies with death. He, and this is an incredible picture of God, I, I believe, is that um, he doesn't just see the man and the woman in this helpless and hopeless situation, but as soon as they had sinned and rebelled, he goes chasing after them. And, and and this is this is the kind of God we're seeing now is that, you know, verse verse eight there says they they heard the sound of the Lord God walking, in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves. God in verse nine God calls out to them and he says, "Where are you?" Now, 
God is not needing to, you know, put a uh, GPS tracker on them, you know, to know necessarily their geographical location. God is is fully aware of of where they are located, but rather he's posing this question to them, I believe, fundamentally, so that they become aware of where they are. Realizing that, hang on a minute, they're now hiding from their creator. They're distancing themselves, distancing themselves from their creator to, to kind of, you know, awaken within them the sense of, oh, we need help. Yeah, that they'd made the choice. They'd made the choice. And consequences must follow as, as God did say to them, you, you will surely die. And, and this is really <clears throat> something I've really been, a bit of a side point, Declan, but it, it all links in. Um, I've been thinking a lot lately about how truth by its very nature is paradoxical. Not contradictory, but paradoxical. And, and I really believe we're seeing this here. We're seeing both the justice and mercy of God the justice being, well, there are consequences to, to, to these actions that you've done, to the, the thoughts that you've thought and the way that you've you know, acted out this. So we see the justice of God here, but we're also seeing the mercy of God yeah. in, in pursuing them, in, in calling out to them, and a little later on clothing them. Mm. And this is a really beautiful harmony. Now, it would we, we would be afraid of a God who just you know, smited, smited them. And then would we really be, um, wanting to follow a God that's just saying, well, yeah, you do whatever you want, like all the time, like, that's all right though. Ah, uh, there's no bound. Like, well, it's this whole, it comes back to this whole idea of free will that we started out with, um, without the justice, <laughs> it just doesn't work because, um, you, you can choose to do whatever you want. However, there'll be no consequence. So, you can just do keep doing whatever you want, and then there's no need to love or connect with the Father because um, if you can do whatever you want, there's no consequence. Then why would you need mm. to do that? You become your own God, and that, mm. um, yeah. So the justice is key here, um, but it's also yeah, obviously really cool to see the the mercy as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to Genesis three. In verse fifteen, uh, is this verse fifteen, and then in verse twenty one. <laughs> This, this first gospel uh, promise, good news promise. And I'll put enmity between you and the woman. So here God is speaking to the serpent. I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise or crush. Uh, sorry, bruise his heel. Now, this is, this is fascinating because God here is firstly declaring war upon Satan, but he's also declaring that there would be a wounded warrior. Now, this is profound because <clears throat> it speaks here that, that, that whoever this person is that will come will, 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 will crush the head of the serpent. But in so doing that, the, the victor would be inflicted himself. Yeah. And so it's not, it's not going to be a, a victory that's gained without some scars along the way. Mm. Um, time doesn't allow us to, to fully unfold this, but, you know, for our listeners, this is the first indication of, of Messiah to come, of Jesus to come, 
um, the, the Savior of the world, that he would come and he would crush, he would, he would you know, uh, defeat Satan. But in so doing that, he himself would experience affliction. Um, and then do you want to go verse 21 and, and give some comments on, on Genesis 3 and verse 21? The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Let me kick off. Yeah, that's good. Just 21. So, yeah, perfect. Yep. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's just like I said before. Um, and, yeah, so these garments, obviously here it says they're made of skin. Um, but for them to be made of skin, obviously something had to be killed in order to, to do this. And I think um, this is the, the first symbolic um, event that we see of, of of Jesus really is this um, this lamb that was slain. Or uh, Alan White says it was a, it was a lamb, or most likely a lamb, mm-hmm. um, or or a sheep, to be killed for the clothing of Adam and Eve. Um, and this whole thing is that, yeah, God is able to do this um, and put death into someone or into a, a living being for the first time. And this and this we see the prophecy of um, Jesus doing the same thing for us. Mm-hmm. As we are, as we become Adam and Eve in the situation. Yeah, that's. I get you imagine you know you you've gone they've gone from tending and keeping the garden, looking after these animals, naming these animals, to now one of the very animals that you've been caring for and looking after. Yeah. You're you're hearing it, you know, and again we're we're, we're using, I believe, very sound creative license to say that you would have they would have heard the animal, you know, bleating, they would have, you know, yeah, their experience now is one of, they've seen death right in front of them. So it's almost as like, it's almost as though they could think, wow, now we've seen it's true that if you eat from this tree, you will die. Now they themselves were still living, breathing, walking but they've now seen death and they're now wearing the the remains of of death the inevitability but yet through that death is the is the promise is the hope and that really you know to to bring some of our thoughts to it to a close Declan that that really is where we we ought to land on is that um you know through through such a horrible ordeal and and the fall of humanity and and them choosing to to rebel and and say, God, we're choosing to go our own way. God then takes the responsibility and says, "I'm going to do something about this." Um, comes and promises and 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 commits to to save uh, them from going down a path of 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 certain death forever and ever. One interesting thought, and I have to say this. Um, <clears throat> Again, here we see that the, the justice and mercy of God in, in Genesis three and, and verse twenty four, um, you know they've they've now eaten the fr- the fruit uh, from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and um, it, we we see this intimated within the text and and it becomes more explicit with what Ellen White says that verse twenty four says then so he God drove out the man and he placed cherubim that is angels at the east of the Garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Now this is, 
this here, you might think, well, why is God, you know, banishing them from the garden and putting, you know, cherubim there to, to kind of block them? Um, but here within this, we see something incredible that, that God is wanting to, it actually says, guard the way to the tree of life. So it's not like God is wanting to forever expel them from the, the, the tree of life, but rather he's saying, look, if you were to go and eat from the tree of life, having just eaten from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that would mean that sin and death would be immortalized. In other words, like there'd be no way. No way back. To, you know, no way back, no way to overcome that. And so God here is doing them an act of, 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 of mercy, but he's being just to it too and saying that, um, look, you've got to leave this garden and well, we're going to see that in coming weeks of, of you know, what, what would come through, you know, the promises of hope, et cetera. But I think that's an incredible point just to make there at the end that, you know, God is still uh, intervening and, and kind of making adjustments along the way so that humanity would ultimately and eventually be restored back to him. Yep. Still fighting. Still fighting. Still fighting. And so even though death spread to all men, um, God has promised to do something about that. Um, look, Declan, thanks for joining me today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's and, been a blast. Um, yeah, look, for, for, for those that have you know been, been listening today, uh, yeah, we hope that you've seen the, the, yeah, dare I say it, the seriousness to which there are consequences um, to sin and rebellion, but also that God himself takes responsibility to get humanity out of that situation. And so... Um, yeah, look, until next time, thanks again, Declan. We'll, uh, we'll see you then. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like the conversation, tell your friends. You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you are listening right now. Sabbath School Quarterly Commentary is a production of the Sabbath School Department of the North New South Wales Conference. This week's episode was produced by Henrique Felix and Morgan Vincent. That's it. We'll see you next week.